This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. Yeah, we could prepare for a recording, uh, yet we're being watched always. It's not, you're not on a show and then off a show. Life is a show. How you doing today, Christy? <laughs> I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm pretty good. <laughs> As I said, not bad, not bad. You know, I, I really don't know how to answer that question, actually. I, no, I, I, it just... I, I just say stuff, you know, I say what everybody else is saying. Oh, yeah, right. it's good. Uh, yeah, not bad. Uh, yeah, right. it's, I'm doing or fine. Or a lot of times people will say, I'm great, how are you? And they're not great. I mean, I don't know, under, I, I don't re- necessarily relate with what standing I'm supposed to be coming from in that statement. Like, when someone asks, I mean, you're asking an emotional how how are they emotionally right right so as i'm asking how are you doing you know it doesn't make sense to me <laughs> because doing <laughs> is an action and you know how how are things going for you and these are actions being done and you know it can't go really any other direction than well you know to say perfectly in accord with what i desire right well, a lot of people, when they ask the question, they aren't even really getting to emotions. They're thinking even more simply, like, you know, how's life treating you? Are you Have you been sick? Have you had problems at work? You know, things like that. Because a lot of times if I ask somebody that, they'll say, oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, work's been tough, but da-da-da-da. And a lot of times if they say that, they want to go in conversation you know like really what's wrong at work well so and so did this you know they want to get into it so it's it's a way a gateway of conversation right but not just conversation they want to feel supported in their complaint oh because like for instance if they complain that so and so is really being a a creep at work, they'll tell you what a creep that person is, and then they want you to say, "Oh, that's terrible." So you know, the it's only just human nature. Yeah. So the only way of showing your support <clears throat> is kind of, in a way, they feel supported, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind yeah. of need to say, in accord with what they want to hear. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Uh, I mean, as far as miracles happening and what we want to change about this world is, you know, the belief in things occurring and how we want to mm, change things that are happening. Uh, we we can't we can't just no longer want it that way or just no longer say it that way. But the belief that it is different 
is quite literally no longer seeing it that way and seeing it a completely different way. Like, okay, well, that will help me to move into the topic that would fit with this. Yeah. Um, I, as you know, I have spent my whole life thus far, and I'm almost 56, sick with something. Yeah. And and the last few years, it's gotten to the point where I'm almost housebound. I mean, Carl can yeah. take me places and stuff, but I can't do anything on my own, and I am not independent anymore, and it's horrible for me. Um, so I was just talking to Carl about this before I got on here. I said, okay, Carl, you have had a couple of health problems that pop up now and then. One of them is severe dizziness, and the other one is gout in the big toe. Now, let's just pretend that you woke up today, and you had both of those. And I've seen you with both of those, and you're in agony. You can't sit up in bed and go, gosh, I am so dizzy today, and my toe is about killing me. But, yeah. wow, life is just so great. I mean, that's how I feel every day. I have these afflictions. And I can't see anything else. So when yeah. you say you have to literally believe it's another way, I, to me that seems impossible because yeah. of how I feel. It's like in my face, you know. So explain to me how a person would go about changing, literally changing their mind about how things seem yeah. to be. So it would there would be steps if you're ready. And Car yes. Carl's right there with you, right? Um, he just started walking out of the room. Oh yeah, okay. So uh there it, there would be steps in in coming out of what we are believing is real and to what then we want to believe <coughs> as real as we of course are thinking of them as different. So right in this moment, if I do accept complete responsibility for this world and for everything that is occurring, then the power is back in my hands. But I, in, until I am finished with being a victim in that state of separating myself from that space of creating the reality into mm -hmm. experiencing the reality or experiencing this world as reality, uh, so ultimately the first step is quite literally admitting that you want this and it is it is a deep admitting a deep almost a, a joyful fulfillment of your desires that you are realizing yes this is i want this i did want this at some point whatever it takes to feel and realize that you are receiving a pure gift that you have asked for and that so you're in this, saying that I asked for the sickness. That's what I'm supposed to say, that I admit that I wanted? Yeah. I mean, we can okay. separate into different parts and separate a sickness <clears throat> from the rest of the body and the body from the rest of the world. But ultimately, the entire universe has been given in this same sense and what we are wanting, what we are desiring. And in this, we can then, once you do this in this, experience of accepting this is that there should be the a, a complete sense of joy and excitement 
So once you do it, the indicator of actually doing it into the fulfillment of accepting responsibility of asking for this, you do feel the joy and excitement that God has given you this. God has given you this because you wanted it. Boy, I'll tell you what, I I have a hard time with that. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, I do accept full responsibility for creating it. I, I am that far. Um, I just don't, I guess I just don't understand why I would ask for such a horrible thing, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. my conscious mind has so many desires and aspirations that I can't feel in a sick body. Mm -hmm. And so then I start feeling resentment. I feel picked on. It's like, come on. Because I, I do everything as right as I can. I have a very clean diet. I meditate. I focus. I try to change my mind. And I've not been successful at it. So it's like, so let's take it this way. Why do you eat good? To keep my body healthy. So why does your body need to be healthy? Well, in my opinion, because when it's not healthy, I, I don't enjoy my life. So it's my healthy now? My physical life. So it's healthy now? No. That's why I'm not enjoying my physical life right But now. you're eating healthy. I know, and, and, and I'm flabbergasted as to why it's not working. So maybe it has nothing to do with the eating. Well, you have a point there. <laughs> but when I eat poorly, I did an experiment um, back in February. I haven't had grains since uh, May of 2013, and I did an experiment where I started to eat grains again. Yeah. With horrible results, I gained 20 pounds in two months, oh. and my blood sugars went sky high, and I felt like total crap. Mm. And you know now I'm trying to lose that 20 pounds, and it's really hard. But so I know that if I don't eat well, I feel even worse. So I'm, I go from bad to worse. Okay. So the grains are allowing your body to. What What would you say that? The grains <clears throat> just make me feel terrible. They they do bad things to my body. They mess up my glucose levels. They mess up my hormones even. Okay. I can't even control my hormones. So and I, of course I gain weight. So why do you eat at all? Because if I don't eat, then my physical body will die. Okay, and and you need this physical body? No. I want it, though. You want it? (laughs) I mean, if I think of this really philosophically, I don't really want it because, quite honestly, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. It's literally a pain in the butt. Um, It's very restrictive. It's heavy. It's sick. It has so many problems, and it has so many needs, so... If I really look at it that way, no, I don't want it. But you're fighting to maintain it. Right. But on a, a human level, I look at it and want it desperately, but I'll tell you why I do. That's because I look at 
other bodies around me that I don't want to leave, like my children and yeah. husband, you know, I don't want to leave them. Yeah. If, if I leave my physical body, I leave their physical bodies, and yeah. I don't want to. It does seem that there is a reason that a justification of sacrifice happening. Right. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, even though we have the evidence of them being out there, and me being out here, and everybody else listening, uh, that we are all seeming bodies. Mm -hmm. So it does seem that we have to maintain this idea of a body and everything in order to exist with them. Right. But if I was actually perceiving the reality of what was going on and not the projection of what I believed about myself being a body, I would realize they have never been bodies. I have never been a body. I can't hear you anymore. I'm not talking. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, are you saying then that we're basically like a hologram, like just a projection? In that we don't have bodies. Well, let's say it this way. Okay. When you are trying to maintain a body, <clears throat> you're not maintaining health. You are maintaining prison. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And it's not that you would leave prison. It's that if you were to so-called do this thing called leaving prison, you would realize where you are, as in not in prison. Right. So it does seem like you would be going to something that they call death. And it does seem like everybody around you wouldn't be there. And it does seem like there's a purpose that is not completed. But no matter what, there will always be some reason to believe that you and what you actually want to occur is not right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you say you don't want this body, or just like how you say you don't want this body to be painful. Right. Yeah. But you do. I, I actually think it would be fun to play in this body, but I would want the body to be healthy because... <clears throat> I, I love the idea of taking my body and traveling around with my girls yeah. and going to the store by myself yeah. or, you know, taking them to the museum, just things like that, you know, or just mm -hmm. running through my yard. I have dreams where I'm running through my yard, you know, I can't do that. Um, but I do think it would be fun to, to have a physical body to do those things with and to yeah. to eat things that I like without having a severe effect on my physical body. It reminds me of that movie, um, Defending Your Life. Um, he dies and he meets Meryl Streep up there who has also died. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that they do up there is you can go to any restaurant and you can order anything you want and it will be the best thing you ever tasted in your life. 
you you never get full, you don't get fat, you don't get sick, you know, and there's people yeah. in there, you know, ordering 10 pies and, you know, the, the enormous amounts of food that they, they couldn't have in their bodies. And I just think it would be so fun to just go eat a cookie. I love cookies and I can't have a cookie, you know. Yeah. So there are things about the physical body that I would love to experience with it. But right now I'm not having a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. So do you remember your last family? No. Hmm. Actually, I take that back. <clears throat> I do have a few past life memories, unless it's my total and utter imagination. <laughs> but I do have some past life memories. And I, even of being a man, and I even have a memory of having sex with my wife mm. in that little clip of a memory. Um, and I, I feel the love for those people that I feel like I had back then, you know. At one point, I actually went into that life for a short time for like an afternoon. And I was so torn because... I was so in love with this man that I was with and the baby, the baby girl I had with him. But I was also in love with my husband here and, you know, my offspring here. And I, I was torn because I didn't want to leave that man, but I also wanted to go back to the other one. It was really weird. Yeah. I definitely feel that for the offspring now more than I ever have before. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's very, you know, now that you have a new baby, well, not new, new, but, you know. Yeah. That connection that you feel with your children is beyond anything that you have with any other soul. That's been my experience anyway. Hmm. Yeah, it does kind of seem like that. <sighs> So what do we do? We want our bodies, but we don't want our bodies. Yeah, we need to make up our minds, don't we? Yeah. But it still doesn't solve the dilemma of why the heck would I choose to have a sick body? And you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. I, okay, take my husband. You know, he tries to be a good sport and go along with me and eat really, really healthy, but... Sometimes he'll go to the store and when he comes home, he has uh, chocolate donut breath or Kit Kat bar breath. I mean, I, I can tell what he's been eating and I tease him about it. Sure enough, you know, he, he sneaks the goodies. And, you know, when he's at work, people will bring pizza or donuts or cookies or whatever and he'll eat them. But he's just happy as a horse, you know. He, he has energy. He can go to work. He... He works in the yard, and, you know, we have 2.5 acres, so it's not easy to maintain our property because it's big. But he, he does it all, and he helps take care of me, you know, with my health problems. And yet he can eat like crap and be unaffected. I shouldn't say unaffected because I have taken his blood sugar levels after he eats like that, and their diabetes high, you know. But 
if I never took his blood sugar, he would never know it was high and he feels fine. So, you know, it, it kind of does look like it's a state of mind, like a choice, you know. Did I talk to you about the nocebo effect last week? No, we didn't have a show last I week. I don't think, no, I don't uh, remember you saying. I remember the word. I remember you saying that word. Well, with Dr. Mark last week, we talked about how he is learning that there has is scientific evidence that's proven that not just the placebo effect, but the nocebo effect, which is the placebo effect <laughs> is a sugar pill or something that really has n supposedly no effect on the body, will then the mind will induce the effect that it believes that it will come from that pill. And that's the placebo effect. And the nocebo effect is the one that you actually have a pill that is proven to do something like a painkiller or something. And okay. the belief that it will not work is actually keeps it from working. And really? keeps the pill from doing its job. Yeah. So it's the same sense, no matter what, which direction it is, it is still up to the mind. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And it, it really happens with everything. It depends on how far we want to go into it. But even with food and, and every circumstance we are confronting, is the reason people pray is because they want to believe that it is healthy. They want to believe that it is benefiting their body, that it is leading them to strength and endurance. Right. So they pray to something higher than themselves so that they can have something, because if they're in weak-minded set, they have something to believe that is stronger than them. Right. Not, a, not always actually believed in. Some is a ritual thing and... I mean, in, in the same sense is how much do you actually believe that by eating healthy, you are healthy? I guess if I look at it honestly, I would say that I believe in the concept of it because have otherwise you, I wouldn't have even tried it. Have you seen um, the movie Fearless? Have you seen the movie Fearless where he's allergic to strawberries? Uh, I may have, but I don't recall. Well, he survives a plane crash, and then he is no longer allergic to strawberries until one day he wavers in his courage or strength or whatever it is, and then he dies of strawberries again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. I have to watch that. Well, you know, I think part of it, too, is I, I look at cause and effect. Like, for instance, I look at my past and I go, you know, every time I ate grains, I would become horribly ill. Yeah. And so, boom, that's my belief. I can't eat grains because I become horribly yeah. ill. And and you believe you are eating grains, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you look deeper, yeah, I believe I'm eating grains. Yeah. And let's say even if it was in a sleeping dream, have you ever been sick in your sleeping dream? Yes. And yet, were you sick? Well, not literally, no. I mean, if you ate grains in your sleeping dream and you got sick and you were in the pain and suffering of what comes from the grains, when you wake up and you realize there were no grains and yet you still suffered. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes I, I will have a dream where something terrible is happening and my heart is racing out of my chest. And of course, when I wake up, my heart is racing out of my chest. But there have also been times where that's happened and I woke up and my heart was just fine. So what would work to, what would be something abstract that would work? Oh, you tell me. I, I've been trying to figure this out for 55 years and I don't have a clue. Well, I mean, let's say that when you're having your heart uh, palpitations or what is it? Well, I just have arrhythmias. I, and, you know, and they're, they're not in my mind. They're, they've been documented, you know, they've been measured. They're, they're there supposedly, but it just does all kinds of really weird, wacko stuff. Yeah. Like you feel. And it's funny. debilitating. Yeah. So, what would be something that would be seeming uh, outrageous to do that if miracles happened, it would work? <laughs> I would point my finger and tap the top of my head like it was a magic wand and say, poof, it's gone. <laughs> that would be outrageous. <laughs> The action of the miracle would be outrageous, or no, the action no, the, of tapping yourself on the head? Yeah, yeah, pretending that I have a little magic wand finger. So that would work. You asked for something outrageous, so... So it wouldn't work. Or it'd be nice if it would work. It could work. I mean, even as Jesus said to the blind man, and he, as he put mud on his eyes and told him to go wash in the River Jordan, which was miles away, three times. Yeah. It was an outrageous, when he could go over and wash his eyes there, nearby, right. and he's blind. Right. It was an outrageous thing. Mm -hmm. And he didn't know why, and yet just the reason he did it is because he believed it would actually work. Right. So even if it is the placebo effect, it was the belief that it would actually work. Okay, okay let me let me tell you where I'm at. I I have this split mentality. Mm -hmm. There's a huge part of me that knows beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah. that I am capable of healing my body instantly with a thought with a blink yeah. I know yeah. I know I can do it yeah. but there's the other part of me that says no you can't yeah. and, and that's the one that is always winning yeah. obviously so that other one that says no you can't is also the one that says I can make myself sick I know beyond right. a shadow of a doubt that I can die of disease and suffer in pain. Right. Yeah. Claim that. That's the one in power. It seems like there's an opposite. It seems like this is a negative thing. But that's the game here. That's the game we're forgetting. It's like the thing that you are denying is the self that you made. Claim yourself. But how? I mean, I just don't know how. Accept yourself as literally you are doing this to yourself. You are okay. creating this. I can. I can accept that logically. Right now I proclaim that I did this. 
But you are doing this. You are still doing I, this, and you're going to do this for weeks to come. But I can't figure out how to undo it because I hear this all the why time. People you, say, "Let go, let God." Or, why would just, you undo please. it? Why would you undo it? You you are succeeding in doing it. Succeeding in being sick? Yeah, you want to do this, right? Well, if I do, it's subconscious because consciously I. So you do haven't that claimed it yet. So you haven't. Huh? So you haven't claimed it yet. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Is I don't know how. You you need to claim that you are choosing to do sick to do be I, suffering. I, I just did. I just told you. I I fully acknowledge that. I get so, it. So why would you want to get out of it? Because I don't feel good. Yeah. So you didn't claim it yet. You can say you claim it, but you're not to actually claim it. claim it. You don't know how to claim it. No. I can sit here and say this to you right now. I claim perfect health. I claim it right now. And I can believe that it, it's that it's possible. So I, I want to be sick. Yeah. I want to suffer. There's a part of me that does because I am. I consciously know consciously I do not want to be sick it's something inside that's making these statements for me because consciously no way I do not want to feel this way yeah so you haven't you haven't accepted that you are the creator here you are in battle with yourself okay I, I acknowledge that too and I'll go right back to what I said I don't know how to get out of it you know you say I have to claim it I claimed it so, but now so I, I don't know how to claim health no, we're not trying to claim health. Health will come naturally. We're trying to claim the power of the Creator. I want to be sick. I want to suffer. I am choosing this. I am responsible. How the heck do you find out why you would want to feel this way? I mean, we can analyze it all we want and everything but until we wholeheartedly focus on that exact realization will we receive it. Don't you feel like it's important to look at the, the deeper underlying reasons for the choices that you make? I, yeah, I mean, it, it helps. It is helpful if we can't just jump to the claiming responsibility for everything we see. We can slowly accept little by little and everything, and that's the whole reason we're in time altogether. Because if we did claim this complete responsibility for everything in the world, uh, we would be what we call death in this moment, and we would be out of this physical world. And so mm -hmm. we're actually dividing this experience up so that we can accept things slowly, slowly, Instead of this huge thing all at once that seems scary to us because we've made this tremendous experience and now are afraid of our own creations, afraid of our own suffering. Right. Yeah. And want out uh, of it. Right. So even yeah, I just think that when, when you look at when you look at the, the, the subject matter like that, it's helpful in your spiritual evolution. You know, you can't just, boom, I'm healed. I mean, you could, obviously, it's possible, but, but there's no growth in it. 
Yeah, there's a statement, uh, you only get stronger by an opponent that can beat you. Oh, <laughs> that's a good statement. Yeah. You can only get stronger with an opponent that can beat you. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of like life itself, you know. It's if we if we came here knowing it was all just like a dream or an illusion, we wouldn't take it seriously. It would be like acting in a play, um, even though it is acting in a play. Basically, we don't realize it. We all take it far too seriously. Well, that's, but yeah. taking it seriously is what helps us to have the experiences that we need to grow, to to get out of it, whatever it is that we wanted to get out of it. Because obviously, we wanted to do it because we created it. We're here. Yeah. And it's not a past tense thing, but it is true. Right. So it depends on really how, how far do I want to go? How much do I want this? And, you know, I'm going to do, you know, they say temptations are going to, but it's, it's, I'm going to try every single possible angle to defeat myself. And that's really the only way to get stronger is by putting myself <clears throat> down or trying to take myself away or trying to put myself someplace else or saying this is the reason for life or this is the purpose or here or that or whatever instead of instead of like keep going, keep going, keep going. I mean it's all gonna make sense when we do die and it's gonna be beautiful and we're gonna see that oh we didn't leave anything behind and we didn't we're not suffering at all and we never really did anything outside of ourselves and Yet, how, how far do I want to die right now? How much do I want to be dead here today? Right. And I wanted to ask you about that, Devin. In, in every conversation that we've had on air, um, you have made the statement, you know, I died. Yeah. And, and you know, and I've countered it. Oh, you mean you've had a near-death experience? No, I died. And then you even took it farther and said, I'm dead right now. Um, would you mind elaborating on that so I understand what you mean? Well, I like using the understanding of the plan of salvation, how taught by the Mormon Church, because you're familiar with it, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So when one dies and they do not accept Christ wholly, they go to spirit prison, correct? According to them, yes. Yeah, according to them. Uh, the acceptance of Christ is quite literally the complete acceptance of Christ, which means the acceptance of everything in the physical world and the responsibility of everything in the physical world and the name of Christ and that you are and Jesus and everybody is Christ and that that is that one aspect of Christ. And that's how you get into spirit paradise. So the idea that we are in a body is the fact that we are going to die. No matter which way we go, 
we can prolong it, we can shorten it, it doesn't matter, it's all going to be leading to death because mm -hmm. our association of ourselves is not in what we were as souls anymore or what we are as in Christ, but a body. And so that association in that is, is what will always lead to death. Okay. So in my travels, and I was actually looking for a place uh, of getting out of the dream, I was desperately wanting to get out of the dream and doing everything I possibly could do and taking it completely, wholeheartedly, uh, applying every last possible way, thinking of this teacher says do it this way, okay, I'll do it this way, I'll do it this way. Uh, coming out and with and my dream, let's just clarify for those who don't know what you're talking about, by the dream you mean this life. Well, I didn't completely necessarily have a com def definition of it, but yes, uh, this physical world that appears to be separate from myself would be the best way of describing it. Okay. Um, so, I mean, even my definition of the dream changed many times throughout this experience. So this teacher tells me this way, I do it that way. This teacher tells me this way, I do it that way. And I keep applying and applying and applying as much as I possibly could and doing more and more and going where, you know, I may have seen as a negative place or a positive place. It doesn't really matter. I just kept going because I wanted to think of it as nothing. I wanted to think of the dream as nothing and and to actually experience firsthand what was beyond what is beyond this entirety of this dream and this reality so i i don't have any record uh or proof that i died or anything but the there was a day that it, I was in meditation and I started undergoing a seizure, seizure type uh, thing happening and uh, yeah, my life started flashing before my eyes but my body was still there, I was still aware of my body and yet mm -hmm. I, was, I was aware of everything my body has done and it was all going backwards and living every moment that my body has utilized to develop itself and my personality and everything and my life flashed before my eyes it's hard to describe um, in, in even uh, even of birth in fact the idea was that I you know there's a few things that led up to this including holotropic breathing and in my last holotropic breathing about a week before that in Costa Rica uh, it was it's uh, spirit said to me embrace the cold and I was cold in this moment and I was embracing this cold and the recollection was that the cold was the first feeling that I had of this outside physical world uh, because uh, before that uh, before being taken out of c-section out of the womb um, I I started even recalling my conception and being in the womb and that the light seemed to all get brighter and brighter as we we're going backwards and going back to the beginning where it all started and the conception and when that whole thing occurred and when the actual state where I, I was this complete essence of the light beyond where there was seeming de densities of this best described as light and sound situation of spirit um, 
that I had that choice given to me of you that I could leave the dream and I could complete this I could be done I could let this all go and I what was given the choice it was said that you can do this as long as you review the purpose that you developed for doing it in the first place and then mm -hmm. I was giving the review of my entire life and my future and everything that I'm going to be doing and who I am here to fulfill this this unique function which Devon's body and the purpose of Devon is here to do and by that I had the same excitement and joy and just you know it, it does also it has this arrogance about being special and things like that and and that I wanted to do it again I wanted to, I didn't want to get out of the dream anymore and so the agreement was to come back I had to I had to no longer try and forgive everything but I had to agree with at least one resentment at least one thing I would call negative in order to perceive this physical world to fulfill this function that I given myself and it's it is this entirety of this dream is just a fulfillment of a story that I'm telling myself and yet we can get out and we can stop the entire thing by by this letting go of all ideas of there being a good or a being a bad or a being a right or a wrong or a negative or anything um, yeah. and and you can get out and you can do that but you're going to want to come back as well just like I did I mean I, the excitement of being born in the first place is the same excitement that I had uh, to come back and of course even just like birth over time even as this was in 2012 uh, I've forgotten that same feeling and I'm in the world again and I'm deliberately choosing to be in the world now instead of it being done to me I'm deliberately desiring this experience and you know it it has become more of a state of trust instead uh, like instead of me actually knowing what I'm doing anymore uh, I have chosen deliberately chosen to forget and I have deliberately chosen to use trust instead and experience this firsthand, even as we, we chose to forget after birth, the entire experience of what we chose to do in the first place here. And but, why would you say that we choose to forget? What's the purpose of forgetting in your eyes? Uh, so, I mean, I can explain it in several different ways, but it is really the opportunity to experience this firsthand from the unique perspective of, I mean, the unique perspective of that same essence that is God from a whole nother point of view. And this being, you know, even on this planet, just seven, eight billion people have a different perspective of that same one thing and experiencing that same essence, yet we're all just simply other eyes but the same essence looking through it and just having that alternate perspective. So, so like it, you're, you're God, but in the form of Devin. Yeah. And so I'm, it, I'm God in the form of Christy. I'm the yeah. eyes. Mm -hmm. Christy perceives this world yeah. as, and, and you perceive it as Devin. And that's why it goes back to which dimensional focus in which we are. So the singularity of the beginning or the Big Bang or the thing of whatever God is, that unnameable expression of 
the entire universe is everything after that, including his son, is all a dream. The son of God is a dream, and then the son of God dreams of a spirit world, and then the spirit world dreams of a physical world, and the physical world we're now dreaming, going to be dreaming, and we are dreaming of this prison experience of an identity, and then we're dreaming of this waking up to our, our real self, but it's still a dream, this happy dream experience. And then we're going to dream of this happy dream manifesting it into what is another physical experience or the resurrection. And we're going to continue on to, through these experiences of just expanding. It seems expanding because it does have an essence of time, but just like how the beginning of this big bang started. And we can think of it as, a, let's say, like a black hole. Let's say this is a black hole. This black hole shoots out, this explodes all the matter of everything. Okay, and it's all, it's all energy, and it all develops this energy into condensing into solidification of form. And then we have this form doing whatever it does. It's, we don't need to go into detail about all of it, but expanding to an essence where it's all condensed, and let's say eventually it all comes back together because it, it just all gravitates. Things are so big that they just gravitate closer and closer together, and the black hole is sucking it all back in, to another singularity point. So even as this beginning was a singularity, uh, everything expands out and then expands back in into the singularity to expand out again. So even wow. though it seems like it's going to be another universe that explodes into, into creation or whatever, it, it is the same exact universe. So even as we are be becoming as God, we quite literally are the re recollection and remembrance and definition of what God is, if God was anything. If God existed, it is me, it is you, it is this fish, it is that chair, it is this table. And this is only one perspective, only one perspective out of the multitudes of billions of people on this planet, other planets, other universes, other opportunities of universes, all of these, and <laughs> the variations of me and in, in all of them, and that the endless possibilities of all that could be occurring and never did occur and never will occur. This is just one, as one would say, eon of existence in <clears throat> which we're conspiring, literally conspiring together to what could be coming next. And this awakening that's occurring is, is, is quite literally our, our planning with each other and our working with each other without working with each other. We want to maintain this idea of separation and yet develop this entirety of the universe simply to another perspective, another possibility. And, it will. and do, do you think that we think this is, that we do this because it's fun? Well, I mean, we do this because it is defining what is all that is. Oh, okay. So depending on which dimensional focus we are talking about, if we are talking about the spirit world, and coming into the physical world, yes, we are doing this because it is fun. Okay. Yeah. See, um, I remember years ago when you were first studying The Course in Miracles, um, and you tried to explain it to me. I was really struggling with understanding it because it's very deep. Uh, but one thing that came to me, and, and please correct me if I'm misunderstanding this, but uh, to me it almost sounded like you know, when 
in the beginning, so to speak, even though there was no beginning, when God just was before any physicality, you know, had happened, he had a thought and that thought became the sun. Mm-hmm. And then if I remember correctly, you said the sun just had a teeny little instant of a thought, like what if me and the creator were separate? And that thought is what created the universes and all of us and everything that has or ever will exist. And when I when I pictured this, I have always since then looked at it like he made a mistake, like it was an impure thought or mm-hmm. an incorrect thought. What's your feeling on that? Do you think it's all a big mistake or do you think that it's really beneficial for us and, and that it's actually wonderful for the creator energy or God yeah. um, to, to have these experiences through us because it's fun and wonderful and, and defining, like you say, you know, but yeah. I hope I'm making sense to you. <laughs> so the best way to explain, I mean, even using Christian terminology, it's really hard to because we use this idea of father and son. But think of it as uh, the nothing. There was literally nothing. And you could split that word in half and say there was no thing. Yeah, there was no thing and there was no thing. There was nothing. Right. Nothing was, it, it, there was, the essence of nothing didn't even exist. Okay. okay, so so then that, the idea that was the sun looked upon nothing and tried to define what nothing was. Okay. And then that nothing became everything. So wow. even in this moment... It's looking for the definition of what is everything, looking for the definition of what is this nothingness. If it was something, and then that nothingness developed everything without judgment in a correlation with what the sun was looking for in the world, looking for in the existence of the universe. That quite literally, you are the center of the universe and everything is reflecting back to you what you are currently choosing to be the reality of what could be God. Fascinating. <laughs> so you're looking into a mirror and it is God, everything is God looking back at you, showing you itself. You are the face of God looking into the mirror and God is showing himself in correlation with you. Just like that idea of God said, let there be light. That means God was darkness. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I mean, you could lay, lay on the couch and think about stuff like this for hours and not get a whole whole lot of uh, headway in it because it's just so deep but it's just absolutely fascinating so to go back to your question about that I am dead now Mm -hmm. in the understanding of what the church 
calls it, is that when one dies and goes to spirit prison, they become uh, either trapped and are looking for something or somehow imprisoned. Uh, they didn't give much detail. And, uh, or there is one other type of person that does go there. And one, when they're on missionary work, they go there to teach how to accept Christ. Yeah, that's what I am doing. It is with me. It is always in me. And I'm teaching you and teaching everyone I know as a reflection of teaching me how to be Christ, how to accept Christ. Now, a lot of people listening are going to hear this and they're going to think that you're trying to get them to accept the Jesus of the Bible. That's the misunderstanding. That's why we are all in prison. Right. And Okay. And, you know, one day I woke up and I heard a voice. It was a male voice. And he said to me, this earth is a prison. Do you believe that the spirit prison that you're talking about is this planet? Yeah, the spirit prison is literally time. You do not believe you are dead yet. You believe you are still living. You believe you were born still. And you have yet to die. When you finally admit you have died, you will remember paradise. Okay. So, <laughs> when, you, when you say you have to admit you died, what do you mean by we died? So you think you know, of, I'm, I'm just thinking of it in the, the logical sense. You know, I live a life and I died and I don't even realize it. So it does seem like a linear thing happening, as if birth happened back then and death is going to happen someday. Right. And so you've divided this up into, let's even just say, your life. Is this, you've accepted that birth happened, right? Right. Yeah. And you accepted that uh, school happened. You accepted that marriage happened. You accepted that children happened. You accepted that this sickness is happening, this suffering. Yet you have not accepted yet that you have died already because you're afraid of death. Yeah. yeah. So, we so you're saying that there's, there's no time here and what we're looking at is linear, linear time. All of it, my birth, my living, my kids, my sickness, my healing, anything, getting old, whatever has already happened and I have already experienced my physical death. I just don't realize it. Yeah. This is all a representation of Christ. And if you do not accept this entirety of Christ, how could you get to spirit paradise? Okay. Remember, the way out of spirit prison is to accept Christ. So your life, even until your death, is a representation of Christ. So you accept its representation, you accept its messenger, and you accept him. It. Her. Mm. <laughs> he, she, they, it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you know, this is just so bizarre because three days ago I was reading in a book about a man who has had out of body experiences for the last 40 years, you know, and he has documented his experiences in the journal. 
and it's one of the best books I've ever read. And the thing that he noted the most in every experience that he had was that the majority of people that he met who have died don't even know they're dead. Mm. They have no clue. And I thought about this so much that it kept me up all night a couple of nights ago. I could not stop thinking about it. And then I went deeper and I was like, what if I am dead and I don't even realize it, you know? What if I have no clue? And so I just find it fascinating that, that you're talking about the very same subject, you know, that we've already died and we don't even realize it. It's already happened. Time is an illusion. We're just looking at the linear thing, almost like somebody put something on our computer screen of a graph, and you know, on the very far left is our birth, and then our toddlerhood, and our childhood. And yeah. Like we're looking at it like that, but it's it's done. Like, okay, okay. Remember when we talked and, and I asked you, I said, so are you saying that our life is kind of like uh, walking into a video store and all of our lives have already been lived and we can go in and just grab a video out of a video store and it could be this life right now, that's the one we're watching. I could tell you that, yes, that is, but the video store is more like the spirit paradise in which you can go grab anybody's video and watch anybody's life. Oh, okay. Yeah. When you say watch it, do you mean as Live. an observer or actually experiencing it? Actually experiencing it. Have you seen Being John Malkovich? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not quite uh, in that ability of moving and possessing, but uh, it is kind of a funny representation of it. Yeah, haha. <laughs> This just so you're, this is how your life is a stage right now. You are being watched by everyone. Everyone, wow. everyone on this planet most likely will be going and asking about Jesus's life and reviewing Jesus's life, just by being one of the most famous people that ever existed. Wow. In that turn, in turn, giving life to Jesus regardless. If he was real or not, mm -hmm. yeah, and of because course we're all creators. Yeah, and of course, yeah, everybody's seeing exactly what they wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Holy cow! So you know how you're in a sleeping dream and you die and then you wake up, and it's usually kind of a freaking out experience in the sleeping dream of death mm -hmm. um, and pain and suffering. Right. Uh, it, it does, it's funny that we say, and then you wake up, but really we, we restricted ourselves into this solidified experience of that same reality. So that same dream, which was manifesting much faster, much quicker, is a lot like the spirit world in which what you think of happens. So we come to this physical world to slow it down so that we can train ourselves to thinking in with what we want in the spirit world will happen when we want it to happen instead of thinking we can think of something it happens and then we say we didn't want that to happen <coughs> so like your, your sickness happening will happen in this this sleeping dream or even in the spirit world if you do not realize that you are asking for it here 
you have been asking for it, you have been wanting it, and you still want it. And even if that wanting is just looking at it and looking for it, oh, is it happening now? Oh, is that what this is? And you have a definition of, oh, you, you actually think you have a heart. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, my, my, in, the, my. in that moment, you have a heart. Every time you look for a heart, you have that heart. You have that feeling. You think it's in a chest. You think you have a chest. Wow. The, I mean, these are the beliefs that if you actually confront these, you can start getting out of this prison. But until we, until we recognize the problem, it can never be solved. We're avoiding the problem. We're trying to go around the problem. We built this wonderful labyrinth and we are thinking that now that we are lost in it, that we do want out of it. But we have, in that same sense, the exact denial of it is the creation of it, is what keeps it moving, is the labyrinth. Maybe that's why meditation is so helpful because you can get into these states where you just let go of all of that. Yeah. Like you did, you know. And it is interesting too, when you identify with a body, you do believe you stop a body to meditate. But when you identify with the Christ, you are meditating in an experience of the body. So no matter what, you already are dreaming, regardless if you're meditating or not. That's true. This is just like a big lucid dream, is what you're saying. Yeah, and it all depends on how much do we want out of it. Because right now, the fact that we're in it is representation of I want to be in this. I am not confined by anyone else but me. I am the all-powerful thing of the universe. And if I wanted out, I would be out. Wow. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure I understand part of this quickly. <clears throat> Let's go back to the video store analogy, okay? Okay. You said that everybody is observing me as mm -hmm. Christy, okay? Yes. Um, I, I know I'm conscious. I, I can feel it, okay? Okay. Um, what I want to know is, first of all, all those other people or beings or creations that are observing me or watching this movie, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, are they actually separate beings or are they are just a part of me literally? Um, and yeah. is only one focus being taken at a time? In other words, is everybody watching me right now, acting out as Christy, since I feel conscious? Or are we all looking spiritually at everybody having all of these, these experiences all at once? You know? Well, there's many ways to explain it, but let's, let's point at it this way. You did not just ask that question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like even though you are conscious, is you are this collective of consciousness. You do believe you are one thing, even as everyone believes they are one thing. 
So the okay. experience of going in and observing this life that you think is separate from the one thing is the experience of what everyone would be having in your experience. Okay. Instantaneously. Time would not be a factor. Okay. Yeah. But I guess I'm not getting... So they're not other people. It's like a soul family. Like everybody on this planet, most of us are one soul family. Okay. Yeah. And so we realize each other. And we accept each other and now know each other as ourselves. We know everybody in this soul family as ourselves. And then the soul family now works together completely in a new experience to moving beyond what we thought of this physical world being limited by laws and this body and this world and this atmosphere. And we move beyond into meeting other soul families. But I still don't know if they are all part, you know, my soul family, all of everybody on this earth, if they are all living their versions of life or playing their videotape too, or if it's just me and I think they're all living entities, but they're actually just part of the projection that I've created to experience our life as Christy on this planet Earth. Yeah. So it will be, even as you think you have different thoughts, like you believe you had a thought just now and now it stopped to have another thought and it stopped to have another thought is the same sense of you know being a person to, that stops being another person that stops being another person right so in that experience of literally thinking of anyone is the experience of everyone I mean it is how you experience them so it does seem like right now that you have an imagination where it's this you're thinking of something over this black canvas think of instead of that being a vivid experience of life as anyone and everyone and it's the same thing are you saying that people only exist when I focus on them like if I if I sit yeah. here right now and <clears throat> think well, there's almost 8 billion people on this earth then yeah. at that moment that they're in my thought, they are real. Yeah, there's now 8 billion people on this planet, and, and that is how you exist. But there's nothing behind me right now unless I suddenly go, oh, behind me is my piano. Well, behind what? Behind the person that I think is Christy. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about you keep focusing on Christy. And therefore, there is Christie. Right. Yeah. In the same sense as you believe the world is the rest of the way you believe you are. As in bodies. You believe you're thinking of other people. I, what I'm trying to find out, though, is if I'm, if I'm focusing or thinking on people, is that the only time they exist because I have created them with the thought and then... If the thought's over, then they are too for the moment until I bring them back up in my mind again. Well, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out, am I, am I doing this by myself right now as the, the thoughts of God? Or are there a whole, whole bunch of us having lots of different thoughts? 
Yeah, there's no difference. In the same sense that what is thinking of Christie is actually in the video store watching Christie as millions of people. So what you think of as all these billions of people now appearing is really all these billions of people are thinking of Christie. So it would be almost like we could even change it to a theater full of people and they're focusing on one movie, not the other way around, not the movie thinking of the people in the audience watching it. Yeah, and in that sense, the one theater is still the one Christ, but as we identify as being separate, it does seem like many. It's tricky. So there, there's just one life being lived right now. Uh, right? Well, as long as you insist. <laughs> I guess it could be any and all possibilities are all happening, happening at once. Well, I mean, more like it, we right? can make up uh, different things and we can make up reasons not to believe we can actually try and think well if i am the christ i can walk on water if i am the christ i can raise the dead if i am this and then we make up this stories of as if jesus actually did that and you know in in some stories in some perspectives i'm sure that he did however his intentions were not to break laws but to be the establishment of laws. Hmm. And it turns it all around. That who are you? Are you the obeyer or are you being obeyed? Right. And by what you just said, it sounds to me like you're saying that everything is a perspective. And so there, whether Jesus lived or he didn't live, both are true because in some people's perspectives, he did live and he's the savior of the world. And that is 100% true in that perspective that they had. And there's other perspectives where he's just a really beautiful story. And it's 100% true that he was. Is that kind of what you're saying? That it, it just depends on who's looking at the story? Yeah. And they and create it that way? Yeah. And... Going back to that question about how you feel like there's something being done wrong or a mistake in the Son of God is the same idea that in its development of what was the existence of everything that it now wants to pull out. It wants to retract its belief in it. It wants to keep from it. And that is part of its creation. It wants to give life to its own creation of itself. The only reason it wants to pull out is not because it did something wrong, but that it's trying to be right. It's trying to be God. And that's what we're trying to do. So it's not that something has been done wrong, in which it's justified that we can say that we can look at the world in many different forms and say, yes, something has gone wrong. Something has gone awry. 
Yet the only reason we do that is because we think that we can do it right. And yet we did it wrong in our words. So we are trying to be as God in creating this world and yet God says, and it was good. And I say, and it was bad. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how could I be God? How can I know God until I've accepted it all, even as he did, and know it as good? And say, behold, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is starting to make a whole lot more sense. Yeah, at the same time, it's not at all. Right. <laughs> Like I said, it's very deep. It's, it's an experience, and, and really, it's not an experience like you would go experience a bathtub right now. It's not like a physical thing of feeling food go down your throat. It's not an experience like that, because when we try and make it physical, we have already turned it upside down. But well, what is it then? But that's not a negative thing. That's not yeah. a positive thing. It's not anything. It's just another perspective of the entirety of what is right side up. Mm. So we're never ever actually going to be able to grasp it, but we're going to be tossed back and forth from right and wrong, right and wrong, good and bad, good and bad, here and there, up and down. Until we find this complete balance of it is all perfect and I am responsible. Yeah, well, anyway, that's life. Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> really? See, like, Devin is Devin. Devin's a pathetic little human being that has next to no friends and just a. Commitment to himself, for some reason, is drawn to this experience of becoming, becoming. <laughs> and so we can't assume that Christie is ever going to be holy, uh, as in with a W. Christie is never going to be the Christ. Christie is never going to be the fulfillment of any of this. Mm -hmm. Yet Christy will fulfill her purpose, her written desire and script in this life, in this movie, to fulfill the definition of what is God. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So go and suffer more. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. Still resistance. Yeah, I am. I got to... I just gotta let it be. But that's the only way you can suffer, is in resistance. So, you did exactly what I said. Thank you. Say that sentence again. That's the only way you can suffer. Is in resistance. To resist what is, is suffering. Suffering does not exist outside of resistance. Because okay. then you're in acceptance of being the creator of it. And that's the only thing that has power to change it. Yeah, because we always think uh, 
that something is happening to us. You know, yeah. I, you know, just to close here, uh, you know, I've discussed this with my friends. Facebook is full of literally thousands of groups about health. Uh, I shouldn't even call them about health. They're about what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? You have your hypothyroid groups and you have your anemia groups and your high blood sugar groups. Can all you of say them, okay? why America? Sorry. And Speaking you, of Facebook, it just opened up. and. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just uh, pick and choose the ones that fit you, you know, and you get on those groups and you become a member. And, and then what do we do all day long? We, we put focus on the very thing that we're trying to get away from. Yeah. You know, we, we're with a whole group of people that add to that energy, you know, like, yeah, I have that symptom and I tried this. You ought to try this remedy. It helped a little bit, not much. And I've, I've been sick for seven years and I'm bed bound. You, you are like putting that energy into yourself all day long. Yeah. Anytime you get on that site, trying to fix <laughs> what you feel is wrong with you. And in doing so, I think that we're actually creating more of what we don't want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you say that site, but it's really that world. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're trying to get out of the world, but you're getting in it to try and get right. out of it. Yeah. I mean, that realization came to me not long ago. It's like, I'm not supposed to be there. I mean, if, if I really do want to feel whole, I'm not going to feel whole going there. I'm just not. Mm. Well, and, you don't have to, and you don't have to not. Right. There's no difference. The fact that you think there's differences is why you suffer. Wow, I mean, it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's going to whip you back and forth, back and forth, because it's not either direction. It's not, not, it's it just not up is. or down. It's not right or wrong. Yeah. I guess that's what the gurus mean when they say to just be, be here now. Just be right here, or right now. Yeah, or, or the experiences within. Mm -hmm. In other words, the experience of everything that I am experiencing, even when I'm walking up a mountain, I am only within. I am within. Yeah. I'm not within any space-time thing. I'm not within a body that's walking up a mountain. The mountain and I are within me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. No, I mean, <sighs> it, it was a good too. <laughs> I mean, we can keep going and going and going. And oh, yeah, I could talk all day about it. It's just trying to describe a painting uh, to a blind man. <laughs> right, yeah. So you have to look for yourself mm -hmm. and you will do this and the fact that you think you don't know is just part of the game that we're playing so that I have someone to talk to about things I do know and you have mm -hmm. something to talk about that, that you don't know or whatever and no. it's the same thing with anybody that we do and yet you know all of this I know all of this I don't know any of it and you do know all of it it's the same thing 
and yet we are choosing the experience in which we are having this game, mm -hmm. this playing around. Which yeah, is, it's all—it's all just a play. We're all just characters, yeah. and we're having a blast. Yeah, whatever. What dreams may come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay. Well, I have to say this has been my favorite show so far. I, I've mm -hmm. learned a lot, and my mind's blown, and I'm going to be thinking about this a lot. <laughs> Good. Thank you for joining with me. Thank you. I guess uh, we'll continue on next week. Yay. Okay. <laughs> have a beautiful day. Thank you, you for too. listening, everyone. Okay, bye-bye.